Welcome back, everybody, to the Mindful You podcast. I'm Alan Carroll. I'll be your host as we explore together this fascinating, exciting, dynamic, present time awareness, consciousness of this thing we call mindfulness. And many people have taken journeys into mindfulness and presence and today we have a, a healer, Blanca Ainsworth. And she was a, involved in the healing business, involved in the um, uh, health business. She did work with the U.S. Agricultural uh, uh, Department of, of Nutrition, working on balanced diets, working on physical exercise. And at the same time, She's traveling down her own own journey, her own soul journey, her own journey of, of discovery, using a lot of uh, shamanic exercises and tools, uh, several of the American, Native American Indian uh, work with sound baths and flutes, which is just fascinating to hear talk about those things. So please welcome to the Mindful You podcast, Belanca Ainsworth. Belanca, welcome. Welcome to the Mindful You podcast. How are you today? Thank you, Alan. Uh, glad to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you. I was reading a little bit about your background, and I'd like you to share some of your background with our audience so we have an idea of, of the ground from which you are growing from. Sure. Thank you for that, Alan. So my background is in the entrepreneurial space. I used to co-own um, several businesses, um, specifically in, in the restaurant industry. Um, that um, went sideways with different partners, learned a lot along the way. Um, I got into the financial services industry, um, specifically life insurance. And to qualify, I had to find out about my client's health because that's um, how you qualify for life insurance. And just working in that space, I saw so many individuals with lots of health issues, lots of medications. Um, it really shocked me. I'm very physically active. I'm actually running a marathon, my bucket list marathon in Bordeaux, France um, in a couple of weeks. And um, just seeing how so many individuals are on so many medications when I am not on any just really made me um, deep, dive a little deeper. Um, I ended up moonlighting uh, with USU Extension and their um, Department of Agriculture Nutrition Program, um, teaching better health eating um, and, and uh, encouraging physical fitness with individuals that had um, were health compromised as well as had food insecurities. So it, it was people on tighter budgets that were not necessarily making the best food choices um, be, because of um, money constraints. And 
Um, somewhere along all of this, I actually embarked on my own um, quest, um, soul journey. Uh, I, I was navigating a lot of trauma with a capital T, um, had a horrific loss um, that impacted our family for years. And on that quest, um, just what traditionally was suggested was not working for me. Um, I, I ended up doing hypnotherapy. I started doing lots of spiritual work. Um, I uh, was going to lots of sound baths. Um, so, did a lot what, of you're going to sound sound baths. Sound baths. What, what's a sound bath? Yes. So, if you've ever seen, uh, if you've ever been to any meditation groups um, or, or any kind of um, meditations, a lot of the practitioners have these bowls that are made of glass. Um, they'll have different instruments as as well. Um, like sometimes they'll have um, different flutes. A, a lot of them could be um, Native American type flutes and they'll just give you a bath with sound is where the name comes from. They use lots of instruments. Um, it brings up different vibrations um, and it's just meant to get uh, your body and spirit and mind in a state where you can relax and calm and just really ground. So the the vibrations of the music or the vibrations of the instruments create a harmony in you and are able to settle down the nervousness and anxiety and calm yourself. Is that is that what it does? You know, there are there's different um, kinds of sound baths, and depending on the instrument instruments that the practitioner uses. Um, the ones I attended were meant for shamanic journeying. Um, so, so there was a lot of Native American um, type flutes, lots of other indigenous um, Peruvian style um, type of instruments. But yes, the whole goal is um, to get your body with a certain resonance because the instruments are vibrating and it just really helps calm you down. Um, you know, so, so sometimes they use um, just bowls as well. Um, singing bowls, if you've ever heard of those. Sure, sure. Whether they're metal or glass. And so it really is a bath with sound. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And when and now we talked about the shamanistic journeys. We talked about the uh, American, Native American Indians. Is this, did you do this by going somewhere or did you do it online? You know, I started by attending events um, that had these different healing modalities. It really resonated with me. Um, just different uh, Native American practices have always resonated with me. A lot of my friends um, are Native American. Um, I, I happen to make... Um, Can you show us something? That's great. I happen to make my own. <laughs> you made that? And it was just, I made this, yes. Yes, this one's with buffalo skin. Um, I, I have friends that um ethically procure the different skins. Um, so everything on my path just just led me to just going deeper and deeper into the soul journey of different shamanic um practices for trauma healing. Um, I'm actually doing a course right now um to help with that. And uh, what I learned along this is that um. I think a lot of times alternate ways of healing are not taught for trauma. I also did hypnotherapy. It put me on my own path to just become a healthier me, not just through my physical exercise, the food I eat, which is nutrition, 
um, but just things that feed my soul, that traditional modalities, traditional therapy, we're not really addressing or helping with. Wow. And what are some of the uh, practices? So if my audience is listening to your talk and they said, wow, what can I do sitting here in Washington, D.C. to help me become more present and mindful? Do you have any tips or tricks or exercises or practices? I do. Um, What really helped me is just being out in nature uh, because I'm very physically active. Um, It's just part of what I do. It's part of my um, lifestyle. But I would just say, regardless of whatever your level of physical fitness is, um, just being out in nature, being with trees, um, you know, being on the grass, if you happen to live by the live by the ocean, you know, just getting out and really being in nature, it's very calming, it's very peaceful. Um, for me, running is very meditative, I get into a zone, um, I feel like all my problems um, are left behind and I really do have to be present. I trail run. So if I'm not in that moment, I can really um, biff and and, uh, fall. (laughs) So so it really makes me uh, just think of where I am at that present moment, not about my past, not about the future, just where I am. So mindfulness, you're talking about mindfulness and talking about presence. Absolutely. How would you define mindfulness in your in your point of view, uh, Blanca? What's so, mindfulness mean to you? In my, so mindfulness for me just means being very aware of where I am in the present moment. A lot of times it involves just taking um, uh, talking to myself, asking where I am emotionally. Um, in the past, I did not always have the best habits about, you know, um, taking stock and became very reactionary versus um, just really calming myself and responding uh, with calmness um, versus reactionary. So so, so just um, really taking a deep breath. Uh, a lot of breath work goes into these sound baths um, as well as uh, running makes me breathe, walking, just being in tune with my own breath. But mindfulness and just knowing um, and thinking about what I'm going to do at this present moment and how that is going to leave me feeling or others that uh, are around me, how it will make them feel. So so just really being aware of how I can affect others for good or, or for negative if I don't choose to be calm and respond, and instead, I'm reactive. <laughs> I, I like that a lot because in that's a big distinction you're pointing to, Belanca, where the there's an automatic reaction based on your conditioning, and then there's a pause, breathe, relax, center, ah, respond to what's going on. And so you said the word react, and you said the word respond, and they're there are two different two different words that are important. So go ahead and, and and talk to our audience about the differences between reacting to things and responding to things. Sure. So, so um, just for my own healing journey, um, I really delved into um, uh, trying to heal myself from trauma. And a lot of what I learned, whether it's the body keeps the score, I listened to a lot of um, Dr. Levine's 
um, teachings as well, um, and different modalities on just the fight or flight response. And I know a lot of times uh, I was an either um, fight, flight, freeze, uh, just, you know, my, my brain functioning um, just completely went to the lizard brain because that's what we do when we survive. And um, as I went on this journey to heal myself um, through exercise, through eating, through um, mindfulness practices, um, just really um, calming myself first and knowing that I'm not in that um, danger zone right now. I'm out of it. I don't have to react. Um, the bear is not hunting me. Uh, so just really calming and being present, um, not being reactive. Um, reactive is when it's a life or death situation. And a lot of it is just, you know, getting to that place where you're not living in the trauma anymore. And um, that was a journey in and of itself, but just uh, knowing the difference between you're under attack right now or, and all that happened, now you're just healing and calming yourself so you don't need to be reactive. And the, the, the quality of the behavior in terms of you know, mental health, I, I suspect that the quality of the behavior, if it's responding to something, it comes out of a more calm space. Whereas the reactive, as you said, comes out of more, I'm, I'm agitated, I'm upset, something is threatening me, my identity is being threatened, I'm, I'm upset about something, and out of that space, I'm going to talk to you. So what what I hear you saying is that you've learned <laughs> that you might want to do that, but take that breath. So let's talk about breathing, because you mentioned yes. it a couple of times. Uh, do you have any breathing exercises that you found very useful um, in in becoming more calm and still? Um, and you know what? Thank you for asking this because I sometimes still fall into patterns where I forget to do those things, which is why I find it so helpful to often go to meditative groups with, with um, practitioners that remind me how to breathe again. So um, I, I just actually even recently did that. And I know a lot of what they say is how you breathe in through your nose and breathe out through your mouth and through your nose and through your mouth. Um, I know sometimes my breathing pattern changes. Um, when I run, I catch myself breathing a, a lot in and out through my mouth as well. And I know for calming purposes, um, just even sitting down and just really trying to be present um, just the cycle of the breath and there's different modalities of like breathing. I've done several different, um, I guess sit down healing sessions. So the practitioner will have us breathe differently. Um, when I'm consciously just trying to calm, um, I actually do either put my hand on my heart and calm and another thing and, and my other hand on my belly to breathe. And that helps me. The other things that have helped me. Which... I like that. Thank you. The other things, Alan, that have helped me is I became a practitioner of the tapping method. I had my hypnotherapist help me through that. 
and Nick Ortner and his sister Jessica Ortner um, are the people that pretty much introduced me uh, to the health benefits and calming benefits of tapping when I'm in that reactive mode. <laughs> My hypnotherapist introduced me to that modality, but just the tapping. And um, I know there's lots of science between, and yes, it just really calms. And a lot of times you say different um, mantras. Um, for example, if I'm stressed right now, I'll say, I am calm. This doesn't have I to worry calm. me. Nothing's to worry. This doesn't have to worry me. I am calm. This doesn't have to worry me. I am calm. This doesn't have to worry me. I am calm. I can be calm. This doesn't have to worry me. I know how to calm myself. I can I can be calm. I know how to. But just tapping on the different meridians, that really helped me. And that was part of what also facilitated just not being so um, reactionary when I was not in a good state. Yep. Yep. The, 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 you're, you're pointing to the, uh, an important part of mindfulness is, is that aware witness observer of, of what's going on. And the problem with awareness observer and witness is that it requires you to have a space between the event that's going on outside of you and the observer. And if there's no space, then you are the event, you are the thought, you are the emotion. But if there's a space, then you can observe the event, you can observe the emotion, you can observe your mental reaction to it, and you don't need to act. But most people don't take the time uh, to practice one step at a time, creating a little space, a little space, a little space. So every day you have a practice. You have a time every day where you sit down for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, eyes closed, just calming the body and practicing. So when when stuff shows up, you've done your push-ups. You've done your exercises. You catch yourself. You yes. take that breath. You don't, boom, like that. You You catch yourself and realize, boom, is not what... My ego wants to boom, but I know it's not going to handle the problem. So it sounds like you've done a wonderful job in in dealing with your own trauma, dealing with your own emotions, dealing with your own mental and physical issues. Uh, and that's congratulations on your journey. And I wish you success as you do your as you do your uh, marathon in France. That's a what's a wonderful memory. And people who who listen to us today. Belanca wanted, may want to reach out and connect with you. And we'll put your information you send to us at Mindful You. We'll put them in the show notes. Yet right now, what would be ways that people could connect with you if they wanted to have a, another continuing conversation? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Ellen. Um, the best way for uh, people on your podcast to Mindful You to connect with me um, would be through you. Um, I am still in the... Um, germination stage of my podcast um hopefully with this pot of palooza event um it will um launch uh, soon um but i'm just here to really connect with um, wonderful individuals like you who are already getting the message out there and um i'm just very appreciative to be here and connect wonderful do you have a title for your podcast i do it's uh, your health is your greatest wealth um, your health I do is have your that. greatest wealth 
Your health is your greatest wealth. Yes. And I do have that as a domain. <laughs> so see it coming soon. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for being a wonderful guest on the Mindful You podcast. And I wish you a happy, mindful day, Blanca. Thank you, Alan. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.